0: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
1: Radio that makes you think.
0: This is the Brian Kilmeade show.
1: I think Nancy Pelosi's going to twist some arms and she is going to put it on the floor Uh, Maybe today. She is definitely pushing it forward today. And so we'll see if they have the votes. They're counting on a very small group of Republicans. For all Americans out there, get on the phone, start calling your member of Congress. Let them know where you're at. That's the most help that anyone can do right now.
0: Uh, That's Kat Kamik, a rookie, uh, a freshman congresswoman, wondering what's happening on the Democratic side. The Republicans are dealt out. But Nancy Pelosi, for the first time maybe in her career, was unable to keep her caucus uh, get them to agree on anything. And last night, after guaranteeing there would be a vote on the $1.2 trillion bipartisan bill and the reconciliation bill, she got neither. 7.30, she was back in the office meeting with White House, uh, Susan Rice of the White House. And guess what? So far, nothing. We'll see if they get a vote today. But there's uh, there's huge gaps between what the moderates, so-called moderates, Josh Gottheimer, Joe Manchin, uh, Kristen Sinema want— and what the squad want. They laugh at 1.2 tri- $1.2 trillion, as if that won't pay the bills. Joining me now is a guy who never pays his bills and doesn't seem to care, Clay Travis. He's the Outkick founder, host of the uh, Clay and Buck show. And also, uh, Clay is on the road, ready to go to another college football game, which they're paying him to do. Clay, welcome back.
1: Brian, you must have been checking my uh, my cell phone bills and, my sorry, my credit card bills uh, because my wife's been uh, running uh, running rampant. There's no doubt about this, <laughs> yeah, that. That's uh, true. To bills. Uh, uh, yeah, in advance of Christmas already. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm on the road right now, so if the cell phone's a little bit spotty, it's because it's good. Uh, we're headed to uh, Tuscaloosa for the big uh, Old Miss-Alabama game this weekend on the Outkick bus tour. And, uh, I mean, I think I got the best job in America. Uh, it's tough to beat.
0: Yeah, and you're proving one thing, that wherever you go, the virus doesn't. Every major sporting (laughs) event that you've been to, there's no surge behind you. And keep a secret, Clay, if you can keep a secret, uh, there's some good news. The variant is dying. Delta is dropping off a cliff. It's down 25% through the country. And if you look at the maps of, of states on the rise, only the upper northwest is where they're seeing any type of increase. We're turning the corner on this.
1: I hope you're right, and uh, certainly it flies in the face of what Dr. Fauci said when college football kicked off with millions of people all over the country, and certainly that's been supplemented by the NFL as well. He said that COVID was going to feast all over the South, and the reality is, and I'm sure you saw this too, we had a lot of stories about surging viral counts uh, for COVID all over the red states, and there have been hardly any of those stories as most of these states whether it's Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Texas have seen you know approaching 50 percent level declines even as college football season has kicked off as kids have gone back to school uh, and as we've moved uh, into the fall which uh, is an overall good sign I'd I'd like to think that uh, hopefully we can come through this and not have another surge during the winter we'll see what uh, what the you know what this story foretells going forward but the trend lines right now uh, are
0: pretty good. I know you're going to do your show shortly, but one of the things that uh, I guess the American people are for, that I am not, are these massive mandates that costing people their jobs. You know, in New Amen. York, they're going to lose tens of thousands of medical workers of all shapes and sizes and different uh, job descriptions. At 5 o'clock today, the teachers, same thing's going to be happening out in California and North Carolina, and I'm sure it's going to spread through a lot of these states. I mean, how did we get here? Why did the American people not understand that people can make their own decisions about their health?
1: Yeah, it's funny. My wife uh, compared it to, uh, and we talked about this on the radio show too, Brian. It's like saying, hey, mandates are effective in the same way that a stick-up is effective. Yeah, you get money if you walk up and you uh, put somebody under severe consequences. Hey, if you don't do this, you're going to lose your job. And frankly, I think what we're seeing here is it, the analogy I used recently, Brian, was you know, we've got tens of thousands of illegal immigrants coming across the border being allowed to enter into our country. And none of them are being vaccinated, um, despite the fact they have high levels of COVID that are in those communities. Yet we're mandating vaccines for people coming into the country who are visiting Mexico, uh, uh, sorry, visiting from other countries to come in from Europe, for instance. And if you go to Mexico on a vacation, you have to have a negative test to be able to enter in the country, even if you're a citizen. And I said, why is that going on? This is me putting my lawyer hat on. It's because the Biden administration knows that if they started mandating vaccines for illegal immigrants, it'd be struck down by the court because the federal government doesn't have the right to do it. And so what they're trying to do is force uh, through uh, through force with companies and sort of the external factors there. I think eventually this is going to get shut down, like we saw with the eviction uh, with the eviction extension, which was uh, unconstitutional. I think the mandates are unconstitutional. But by the time the courts get around to ruling on them across the nation, uh, we're months into, uh, into winter or the spring.
0: Absolutely, Clay. That's interesting because they also the natural immunity, Jonathan Turley saying that one of the strongest arguments is, I have the antibodies. What does the vaccine do? Give you antibodies. So give that's me right. the antibody test, and then I could then give me that card. Let me put that on my iPhone, and let me, get Brian, the, let me go back to restaurants.
1: That's what I did was, uh, was I've had COVID, and I've recovered from it. And, uh, and so I got an antibody test, still have antibodies. And uh, there's a lot of Israeli data that reflects that the best possible way to protect yourself from COVID is natural immunity, not vaccinated immunity. That's more long-lasting, more powerful. Based on the biggest studies out of Israel, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of reliable data in the United States. It's inexcusable uh, that we but, don't. Uh, it is. It completely is because it uh, disallows us to have an intelligent public be able to have that data and be able to make realistic and reasonable decisions on behalf country.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, for the CDC doesn't come up with their own studies. we got to go d- dip into other countries. When we have all this data here, no one's taking the time to round it up. So uh, Clay, you're a big sports guy as well. You never stop. One of the big stories uh, in regular season football history is Tom Brady, 45 years old, coming off a Super Bowl championship with the Bucs, going to play a team that he won six with against Bill Belichick. The subplot is a book's coming out that's saying Kraft doesn't like Belichick. Belichick wouldn't meet with Brady before before he left, um, it's uh, a fascinating tale. Belichick likes to say two or three words, but is being being asked constantly about his relationship now with uh, Tom Brady. And first off, your take on how this is going to go down?
1: Well, I think Brady and the and the Bucks are going to cover. I think they're going to win. I don't think the Patriots have a significant enough offensive weaponry right now to keep up with this uh, this Bucks offense. So I think. Uh, as good as Brady is, the weakest point for, uh, for the Patriots is uh, is the offense in terms of being able to keep up with the Bucks overall. Uh, and so I think that's where this game will be decided. Um, and look, I mean, this Brady-Belichick uh, sort of soap opera has been one that has been debated for years yep. and years among sports fans. And the question has been, hey, who's more impactful, the greatest coach potentially in the history of the NFL or the greatest quarterback potentially in the history of the NFL? And at least right now, Based on Brady leaving to go in Tampa Bay and immediately winning another Super Bowl, it looks like Belichick's a very good coach. But without Brady, he looks uh, way more average. And so Brady looks like the more paramount uh, and important aspect of that dynasty right now than uh, than Belichick.
0: Yeah, it makes people think uh, uh, think that maybe the Belichick that coached in Cleveland, the only thing missing was he didn't have Brady, uh, and right. he, he did not do well in Cleveland. He had Vinnie, Test- Vinnie Testaverde. I want you to hear what uh, Brady said about this game.
1: We had a great relationship. Um, I think everything was handled the right way. You know, we handled everything as gracefully as we could. Um, it was an amazing, like I said, time, and um, it was handled. It was handled perfectly. I think everyone understood, you know, where we're at. The people involved in the situation, and um, you know, things worked out for the best for, for all of us. And we're all trying to do the best we could do now.
0: Well do you believe that I don't think that's true remember he said he didn't have time to visit uh, Belichick before he left he just went to Bob Kraft's house it was too yeah, late?
1: I don't I don't believe it I think he's trying to take the high road a little bit here Brady but um, but look I mean Belichick has consistently proven that for him football is not really an emotional endeavor it's much more of a logical and analytical endeavor and that means oftentimes cutting bait with your players, when you think they are nope. overvalued yep. relative to their cost. And I think the miscalculation that certainly Belichick appears to have made here is Brady still looks like he has several more good years of playing quarterback, and it doesn't seem like Belichick believed that was true.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Also, he, uh, Brady was like, excuse me, where's my talent? Uh, you're not bringing yeah, in receivers. No you're not bringing in any new linemen, and you're not asking me for input. You're treating me like any other player, and I'm not. Here's Belichick.
1: Certainly, Tom has an intimate knowledge of everything that we do here, more so than any other player in the league by far. So, surely, use his advantage. I would expect him to. You know, I don't think it will be in our best interest to go in there and you know, do everything differently than we've done it all year. I mean, I what we need to do is continue to do the things that we do and do them better. That would help us more than anything else. So, that's what try to do.
0: I mean, the rating's going to be through the roof for this, and they just oh, signed no Richard Sherman, too.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, Gronk going back to New England, also a big story. And, look, I mean, Mac Jones, of all of the rookie quarterbacks, I would say has probably looked the best. And so uh, it's a lot to expect for a, a young guy to step in and shoes that Brady has left there, the legacy, the dynasty that he's left. Uh, but there certainly will be a lot of people looking at Mac Jones and wondering if he can be the resurgent quarterback force to bring the Patriots back into the playoffs and return. Bill Belichick to uh, to a realm of, uh, of, of gridiron genius or whether Belichick's going to continue to fade without uh, without Tom Brady.
0: Hey, Clay, uh, lastly, just on your sports knowledge, I'm looking at baseball, and we're in the backstretch, and I know in certain areas, you know, the Yankees are going to probably make it through the wild card, and of course, Tampa has been this stellar organization. The Dodgers seem to have the great farm system as well as the big payroll. So having said that, it doesn't seem like baseball has really gotten cornered the market, like, or have their portion of the sports fans that they used to. It doesn't seem like it's got the passion.
1: Yeah, it's, Brian, what you find so interesting is baseball is a regional sport. Um, so you desperately care potentially about your local team, but baseball doesn't have the big national stories. And it's an interesting sto- uh, story we talked about a lot when I did. Uh, the, the the regular radio show, Outkick uh, the Coverage Sports Show, if you look and compare, for instance, NBA teams locally with Major League Baseball teams that are in the same market, the major teams dominate the NBA teams in terms of people going to games, obviously, all of that. But the NBA does a better job of branding its stories on a national level and making everybody care, just like the game in the NFL we talked about there are a lot of people who don't have any interest at all in the Tampa Bay Bucks or the New England Patriots from a, do they win a championship level or not, but they'll tune in. Baseball doesn't have that. And one reason, and I, this is my theory on it. I'm curious what you think is the best baseball players can go out and go over four and not be very good in a game. Brady most of the time is going to be really good at quarterback. LeBron James is going to play really well at basketball. They don't look bad in their sport. Baseball does, which is why it rewards you paying attention every day and, but it's more of a local and regional game than it is a national one
0: I, I I buy into that wholeheartedly they don't have that breakthrough personality as well even though they got some uh, really stellar players and uh, Aaron judge in the number one market but still hasn't broken through like Jeter did um, by the way, this story just came in while you were talking during Tom Brady's reign in New England there's baby names uh babies named Brady uh, there were three thousand two hundred and sixty eight names named Brady. And there was no surge of that until Tom Brady started winning championships.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, right. There's a whole generation of Brady's that are uh, certainly grown up and, and enjoyed. Remember, I mean, the Patriots. Everybody forgets, but the Patriots are one of the worst franchises in the NFL. I mean, uh, prior to Brady getting there, I mean, they were, you know, the, the they were the Browns before the Browns were the Browns, and uh, and he turned them into a, an elite, unbelievably valuable franchise.
0: He did, uh, Clay. What's clicking on out Click?
1: You know, we're getting ready. I, I love college football in the NFL. We, like, you know, Christmas morning, Christmas Eve uh, for me. And so we're writing up all the big games. we got Ole Miss Alabama. We'll be with the bus tour. we got the Brady game, uh, as you just mentioned, going on the road uh, with Tampa Bay against the Patriots. And people are obsessively clicking through to get their fill as they get their final Friday in before uh, we get the weekend festivities.
0: Go get him. Uh, Clay Travis, Outkick founder, host of the Clay and Buck show. Thanks so much, Clay. Appreciate it, Brian. Go get him. Uh, 1-866-408-7669. We'll take some calls, but also find out if you need to know more. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show.
1: Educating. Entertaining. Enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade.